Solomon. And I get to pick up in part three where we're going to talk about this balancing that we do. What does that balance look like between our purpose in God, our kingdom calls, and uh, the everyday demands of life? Because we, we have to deal with that as people, amen? I wish we could just do God stuff all the time. And the reality is, I say that kind of half-jokingly because we can. We can be so in tuned with the presence of God. We can be in such a realization that the Holy Spirit is always at work that even in the demands of life, we can thrive in seeing the goodness of God. Calvin is agreeing with me this morning. That is awesome. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I know it's a smaller room. No, I, I really do believe that. I believe it's a powerful thing to come to grips with. Because as I was praying with the team earlier, that, uh, that there is even this sense in life that as our life gets fuzzy and messy, and I'm going to probably reiterate some of this stuff as we go this morning, that we sometimes find it easy to separate the reality that God is at work even in the midst of all the stuff, and that we are not called to separate them. So let's dive into that this morning, and let me just begin by just asking this quick question. Are our lives in Christ managed by balance or freed by obedience? That is called a question of tension. <clears throat> and it's to build that, that tension, that idea, and I, and I say that kind of funny because I don't want to get anybody's heckles up. I, I know and I'm not anti-balance. And I know a lot of folks, uh, in, and we all should, to a degree, have somewhat of a balanced life with all the things we have going on. When it comes to work and rest and our diet and all the kinds of other life choices that um, have come up, that were due to come up. Now, by the way, I just realized I did not send the kids out. Are all the kids? We did not pray for the kids. But uh, are they all out with, uh, do we have uh, Amy out here? Did she already go? Okay, well, we're going to pray. We believe that the kids are in good hands Amen. and uh, are going to experience God this morning. <clears throat> Amen? Amen? All right. But when it comes to work and rest and, and diet and all kinds of other life choices that have the power to build us up or tear us down, we should seek to have a sense of balance in those things. Uh, but this morning, I want to investigate the idea of balance in terms of whether or not that's the Jesus way when talking about our kingdom purpose as it collides with all of our life's demands. So first, let me just call out the elephant of reality in the room, which is there are a lot of demands that life either puts on us or we put on ourselves and our homes. In a world where we feel overwhelmed by our full plate at work, school, kids, kids as sports, uh, working and, and working on our marriages, relationships, friendships, serving our church, serving our communities, uh, keeping our homes together, and probably a thousand other things that keep us busy that demand our time, which a lot of them are good things. There are things we have to do, need to do, but nonetheless, they create a demand for our time, a demand for our energy, a demand for us to schedule things here and there. There's a lot of do, 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 lots to do. Amen? Amen. And because of this, we've adopted the system of managing our lives with balance. Everything has to be balanced which is fine until those balances become controls. 
Again, not a bad thing in and of itself, but balance just to create ease and separation of the things we're trying to control in life can unintentionally create boundaries spiritually on our kingdom purpose throughout our life. Without intentionally making sure there is room for obedience to the ways of Jesus in the propping up of those balances, we will find that we get too busy controlling moments in life. Instead of experiencing life moved by Jesus, we will experience a life scheduled for Jesus. I would argue that when it comes to our purpose, our call in Christ or or whatever it is we want to call that, understanding the reality that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, called to live in such a way, a different way, that we demonstrate the love of God, the power of God, the goodness of God in all that we do. And in order to do that, we are called to rise above just balance and move toward obedience. Be okay sitting in the mess of life with Jesus. He is still at work regardless of your mess. Amen? He has the power to turn those demands of life into opportunities in life. And I know firsthand, either by my own experiences or from witnessing it in the lives of others, where we create balancing acts to combat the busyness only to watch as those things by themselves tend to not leave room for God to move things around. And the result is that we start to separate God from the real moments in our lives. Moments that if we were to pause, have the potential to see God at work more often in the everyday, ordinary things. Yes, going to the grocery store can be a God moment. Sitting with your kids at their sporting events, there's a God moment in there. Paying your bills. There's a God moment in there. In all these everyday, ordinary things, we are not called to separate God's presence and what he wants to do in every moment from our life's demands. To be honest, in those everyday moments, that, uh, to be honest, in those, that it's in those everyday moments, sorry, that we should be looking for God and what he wants to do. Our church time, guys, is amazing. There's nothing more that I enjoy than coming to this place around my friends and church family to worship God together, to praise God together, to thank God together, to lift our hands to Jesus together, to pray with one another, to believe for the miraculous for one another. There's nothing more exciting to me in my Christian walk than being together with you guys. But it is in the daily interactions and in the to-dos of our life where we have a stage literally set for us by God to show, to show them who Jesus is. This is a great place, but there is a stage being set for us daily in our daily to-dos. We need to be cautious with this, I have my schedule set mentality. God is in your to-dos. And the objective of life isn't to just get them done. 
However, as freeing as the word balance sounds for some of us who have set up our lives very perfectly and clean, as freeing as that word balance sounds at first glance, there is even a more freeing word, which we've already said a few times, but it's called, it's obedience. What am I talking about? How can obedience be freeing? Balance sounds so much better when we can control and clean and organize and put things where they go, which are all things I want to do. How can obedience be more freeing than that? Because, I mean, if I create my systems and I got my balances, I'm going to have more time. I'm going to have everything set. I can make the God stuff work now that I've got all this other stuff organized. This isn't just any old obedience. It is not obedience to rules or regulations or obligations, but the freeing obedience that Jesus calls us to as a family that has the power to open doors, set miracles in motion, and reset priorities in such a way that no amount of managing balances could achieve on their own. An obedience that opens our spiritual eyes to the everyday possibilities in Jesus. And I hope that as we continue this morning, that, 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 those, uh, that reality comes to the forefront of who we are. And in doing so, I want to pose some questions to us. I want to see where we're at. Do we believe that God is at work in our lives? Okay. Do we believe that that work is concerned about what we have scheduled or what is on our plate? Again, everyone, there's people are probably going, well, Jesus does care about my plate. He does care. Yes, he does. In the general sense that Jesus cares, he cares. I'm talking about the work, the heavenly work of God, the kingdom work of God. At any time in your life, do you think it is concerned about the scheduling of what's on your plate? But the truth is in this is that if we waited for life's demands to cease before engaging in our kingdom purpose, we wouldn't do anything. Do we believe that we are called to compartmentalize our purpose in Christ outside of life's everyday demands? If the answer is no to that, then so maybe it's not about balancing them, but more like merging them, making them one and the same. Our life in God is not dictated by the things that we have going on around us. we had a demand of life smacking us in the face, can God still be present and ask us to engage in his presence, engage in that moment with our time and with our effort, even if our well-crafted balance of life gets moved around? So I hope I'm being clear. I'm not against balance in the traditional sense. I'm saying that in our homes and demonstrating to the, the sphere of influence around us that our purpose should not be experienced through the lens of balancing or managing it to fit our life's demands, but instead our purpose should be experienced through the lens of obedience to Christ in them. We're going to see a little bit of that in the scripture here. We're going to go to Luke chapter 10, verses 38 and 42. It's where Jesus visits Martha and Mary, and this is kind of a go-to story for a lot of different things and as it relates to this, but I'm hoping we'll find some new nuggets in here to talk about this morning. 
It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. I want to break this up in a couple different ways, three ways, and kind of bounce around the scripture a little bit and just talk about some takeaways that as I was reading it, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. And the first one is in verse 40. It says, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? And I kind of hear it in her voice. I can sense the tone of what she's probably thinking in her head is, here is Jesus And I'd love to sit with him too. But look at all that I have to do. I'd love to sit with Jesus. I'd love to hear what he's doing. He's probably got some cool things he's saying right now, but I've got things to do right now. Living for Jesus will push our boundaries and our managed balances of life. Because some kingdom opportunities are going to be found in those moments of life's messiness. The kingdom of God isn't going to check to see what our schedule looks like before moving. He isn't going to say, Dan, well, I see you're busy working on your son's truck yet again. (laughs) So I'm not going to bother you right now and talking to your neighbor who needs to experience my love. You've been out in the garage for hours. Thank you, Caleb. But your family's inside laughing and having a good time. It's okay if this doesn't get done right now. You might be gearing up for a nice family dinner and Jesus comes a knock and wanting to invite you to a kingdom moment through a phone call from a friend who needs your prayers, needs your love. And to do this, you might have to put down what was scheduled for that time to engage with a kingdom moment. It might seem unfair because you planned this time. You structured this time. You are working hard to keep your boundaries in place. Now, the world says you have to protect your time. You have to make your boundaries, balance that life of being there for others and your family. And guess what? That's all good advice. But as shocking as it is, the world tends to forget to add Jesus to their advice. So what if we were able to recognize that there will still be stuff to do? But when Jesus calls, it's okay to change it up. And lead our families by showing them what it looks like to submit to his ways, even if it gets a little uncomfortable and changes our plans altogether. No one says amen to that. The reason I say that is because I believe in this truth, that there is more freedom found when we recognize and obey his call in the demands of life than from trying to manage a balance between those demands and obeying his call. Some of my points get a little convoluted, but I hope that makes sense. 
I love the second thing Martha says. She says, tell her to come and help me. I can't imagine. I mean, this is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Son of God. Jesus. I can't imagine being in the presence of Jesus and demanding him to do anything. <clears throat> Which is funny because I, I think that's where we delineate a little bit of, of who's in control. Our calling, our purpose here is not to master the life of balance and its demands, but to, to a life of obedience to Jesus while living through them. When we invite Jesus into our life's demands, our life's demands will change. Yeah. They will. Or at the very least, our perspective on our life's demands will change. Instead, we don't look at them as a demand of life that we have to check off, get done, move along, then do the God stuff. But instead, they become fertile ground to plant new seed. Instead of a balancing act or a compartmentalization of, of living for God, Get, living for God's given purpose in our life in one hand or our earthly lives in the other hand on their own schedules, we recognize that the ways of Jesus, the miraculous, the beauty of God, is found by our purposes in Jesus colliding with the demands of our lives and then watching Jesus shine. I guess what I'm trying to say is that our purpose... Our, our kingdom lifestyles should not be bound by or scheduled around the demands of our life. But instead, those demands should be infused with the purposes of Jesus and his kingdom ways. Regardless of the demands or the balancing acts to manage them, our purposes in Jesus should be like breathing. It should be second nature. To see beyond the stresses and the spinning plates that we all are managing and see through to the one thing worth being concerned about. Jesus' ways and moments where he wants to work will seldom fit in whatever pretty packaging we've created for them. But instead of trying to muscle through and get Jesus to change the demands of our life, we should be wise, or we would be wise, to just find out where he's at in them and listen. <clears throat> Going back to verse 41, it says, But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. And then I underlined in verse 42, There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. The art of managing purpose with the demands of life is to not major on the minors. And we've probably heard that in other aspects of life, but I think it is totally true when it comes to our lives in God. The art of managing our God-given purpose, kingdom lifestyle, with the demands of our life, is to not ma major on the minors. The house probably needed to be cleaned. She had to get that, that dinner done. But those were the minors. There was something major happening. And it's not to say those won't get done. <clears throat> but there was an opportunity at hand. 
The reality is there will always be another dinner to cook. Another kid to pick up. Another appointment to keep. Another bill to pay. Another home project or car that needs to be fixed. But I promise you that somewhere in all of that stuff, Jesus is there waiting for us to see beyond the details and get to where he's at. It's about majoring on the Jesus possibilities in every situation. Some things happen when we live this way, and there's three that came to mind, and I'm sure there's a dozen others, but just three that came to mind that I hope will open our eyes to the desire to live this way. First thing is our perspective on those demands will change. We will start, to, we will start seeing new opportunities. We will experience divine appointments. And we miss those divine appointments usually because we're too consumed by the details. Amen? How many of you have ever experienced that situation where you are in the, the middle of one of those life's demands, all right, and then all of a sudden you see this pathway, this runway, Jesus lighting up the roadway to a God encounter, and all of a sudden you're in the middle of an in-depth prayer meeting, you're in a, the middle of this beautiful conversation, you're seeing God at work, and it was in the middle of this thing you had to do. Anybody? Yes. I have. Those are beautiful times. Beautiful times. Times where I'm sure that if, there was, if we were more concerned about the details, we might have missed that runway to seeing what God was wanting to do. Second thing, that when we live this way and we merge our, our, our life's demands with our kingdom living, is that there will be no blurred lines, no beginning nor end of where Jesus is welcomed, regardless of life situations and demands. The third thing is balance will find its way because you're making Jesus the main concern. For those who just have to have things straight and narrow, can't promise that will ever happen. God is kind of all over the place. Jesus does whatever he wants. But we will feel in the right lane when we make Jesus our main concern. Amen? Amen. I'd like to invite Calvin and the, and the worship team up as we just kind of share a last few closing thoughts and ideas. I want to go back to the very first verse of what we read this morning, which is verse 38. It says, Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And I highlighted that part where it says Martha welcomed him into her home. This is the how. <clears throat> For our families to thrive as the kingdom of God and our purposes collide with life's demands, we will need to welcome him into our homes often. It's not to say he leaves. I'm not suggesting he needs to be welcomed back, but the reality, the constant calling it out that Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in our to-do list. He's in our schedule. He's in our chores and our errands. He is in our life's demands. That we welcome him into our home. 
not manage and create a separation of the two worlds, but know that Jesus is right there in the room, ready to show us what's next in the good things he's called us to that he had planned long ago. We see that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's what? Masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Our purposes don't change because of this life's demands. Somebody agree with that. Our purpose, our kingdom call, our kingdom lifestyle does not change because of this life's demands. It can't. Because our life's demands, though it will move, though our schedules will change, though we'll find new balances and new ways to control it, Jesus is always at work. And he is wanting to work in your everyday, ordinary things. It might not always come up in a, in, a, in a great worship service. It might not always be where God's just doing things as we are in groups and doing church stuff. It might be as you are in your car going to get gas. Yeah. Yeah. But that, would, that just sounds too easy, Pastor Dan. And then in that little voice of doubt is where we begin to separate our two worlds. Don't let it happen. Matter of fact, for the next days and weeks and months and hopefully for the rest of our lives to come, let us begin to ask to see God in the little things. Let us begin to ask to see God at the gas station or at the Starbucks, as we use as a metaphor quite a bit, at the grocery store, paying bills, going to work for crying out loud. Jesus is at work at your desk, in your office with other coworkers. Believe me. But the moment we start to doubt that is when we as people, as Christians specifically, begin to separate our two worlds of his kingdom and his kingdom work and our stuff. I just don't want that. What would it be like if we came here and said, Man, I started asking God. I, be, I began seeking God in my, in my errands. I began seeking God in my to-dos. I began seeking God in my schedule. And this conversation happened. This prayer time happened. This miracle took place. This relationship was built and, and mended and healed. It is because we stopped looking at our lives from two different planets and we said, God, you are in this stuff and this stuff you are in control of God. Let's bring them together. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? I'm not saying to throw your day timer out the window. saying to invite Jesus into it. God wants to work in your stuff. He wants to work in our day. 
And if the only time we're giving him are a couple hours on Sunday morning or at events that are structured to meet with God, then we're missing him on some of the most crucial times of our lives. The stage is set. Today, you're going to have chores to do. You have a house to clean, a dinner to prep for, kids to pick up. It's not the demands of life. It is a stage being set to see Jesus at work. Somebody say amen. What is going to happen on your stage today? Would you pray with me? Father, we are so thankful this time together. What a beautiful thing it is that you, in the midst of our messiness, in the midst of our schedules and all the things that I'm sure the enemy even tries to use to bombard our time and almost forget that you're present. But how beautiful it is that you're not asking for these things to disappear. You're just asking to be a part. Because you know that there are amazing things that can happen in the very ordinary things of our lives. To say, God, I will, I will evaluate the God things once I'm done doing this, or I'm done doing that, or once I get home, or once at the end of the week when I get all of these things done, then I will start praying and seeking your face and seeing what you want to do. And the whole time, God is saying to you, no, you've missed it. There were 15 other opportunities this week while you were waiting. I had the runway lit. There was a divine appointment there was a conversation. There was a prayer. There was a relationship. There were things that I was doing. But you separated my kingdom from your life. Now out of his grace and his mercy and his love, we get to go, we get to look back and go, now, now I'm gonna look, I'm gonna see. I'm going to invite him into my everyday, ordinary things that I have to do. And I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to be ready right there to be in it all. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. Let us reflect in the moments to come as we continue to worship you this morning, that we worship you with our lives. We give you our schedules. We give you our to-dos, and we invite you in to have your way. In your name we pray, and all God's people said, amen.